Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. This is me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, wherever you're watching, please like the podcast. Please share it. Please give us a five-star rating. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and share uh, and subscribe to our channel and, and all that great stuff. And um, I know a lot of people are actually watching on YouTube, and I really appreciate it. But if you are listening on uh, on Spotify or Apple Music, follow along on there as well. Um, if you ever wanted to reach out to the podcast, feel free, check us out on our Twitter at the big Mark pod or on our Instagram at the big Mark podcast, DM us there, feel free, you know, with any ideas for the show or, uh, any, uh, things you want to just let me know, feel free. And like I always say, I want to build the community. I want to build the big Mark community podcast, you know, the, the people who listen, the community of listeners out there. And, uh, you know, again, I appreciate every one of you. You could have been anywhere doing anything, and I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, if you do like the podcast, please tell your friends. If you, Even if you told one person, we can double the podcast overnight. So, again, thank you so much for listening. If you ever wanted to donate to the podcast, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash thebigmarkpod. Today's a... A uh, special episode for me, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, we talk a lot about movies and TV on the Big Mark podcast, and obviously, I love, I love both, and there's a lot of really special TV shows that I've, that I've been able to, to chat about and have a lot of fun chatting about, but this one's really special, the Trailer Park Boys, um, if you've never heard of the Trailer Park Boys, how could I describe it? Well, I guess that's what we're here to do tonight. But, um, like the the idea of it's a mo- it's so truly def- by definition it's a mockumentary. Um, slowly but surely, as as the seasons went on, they kind of got a little bit away from that, but they never really stopped kind of making a nod to the fact that it was a documentary and that there was some semblance of trying to keep it real. The first few seasons, definitely a little bit more so than others. But, you know, the whole idea was that, you know, it was surrounding three Canadian buddies. Actually, more started out, I just started watching the series again recently. And the first few episodes, it really surrounds Ricky and Julian. And again, if you've never seen the Trailer Park Boys, the the three stars are Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles, played by Rob Wells, John Paul Tremblay, and Mike Smith, uh, respectively. And and they are the Trailer Park Boys. They become like the three main stars of the show, and everything kind of surrounds them in their interactions with other, the other characters on the show. And they're really good friends in real life, the actors, and then they're really good friends on the show. And it's really, again, there's there's something so inherently Canadiana about it. It's it's wonderfully East Coast. Um, you know the they say the tra- the park Sunnyvale Trailer Park where the fictional trailer park where where it is set. 
the show is set is three hours outside of Moncton. So presumably uh, in Nova Scotia. No. Oh my God. This is bad. I don't know my, uh, I don't know my geograph geography. Oh my God. Moncton, New Brunswick. Wow. I'm sorry, everybody from the East coast. I should go down for that. But if it's three hours from Moncton, it could possibly be in Nova Scotia. Ah, fuck me. I suck. Sorry, boys. Um, so, but, you know, inherently it's East Coast and, you know, in watching some of the DVDs and all the extra special commentary and things like that, um, I know that they filmed it all over the East Coast and different different trailer parks on, on uh, location in some places. And um, I, know, I know in later seasons that when they're growing a bunch of dope in the fields, those fields are actually hemp fields and they're somewhere in Ontario. I remember hearing that. But again, uh, the existence of these three dudes and the show that follows is just like, it's an, it, yes, there is an exaggerated aspect to things. But honestly, like, it's really not far off. And there are people out there that are truly like that. And it's like, it's so wild. And it's interesting thing. And the really, really wild thing about the Trailer Park Boys is that, you know, when it started and where it is, you know, it 12 seasons um, spent on the on the air and... A bunch of them were like in the Netflix era and kind of things, but it first aired April 22nd, 2001. And the interesting thing about, about it is it started when, you know, when television was television, it, when it was on showcase, it came after Kenny versus Benny. I remember that's the first time I ever watched it. It was like, you know, classic television once, a, you know, once a week a show would drop like a new episode and you'd and you'd you'd get to know it but um that was the thing is that it came out in an era so again 2001 it came out in this era where you know people didn't really know what was happening like my mom literally thought it was still a documentary like she legitimately thought it was a real documentary when it, when it first came on. And like, again, I think there was, there was somewhat of a concerted effort to actually pretend like it was. And like, when you watch it, you're like, are, is this real? And you know, there's times where they broke the fourth wall and a camera guy would trip over or, and you know, there was like interview type scenarios, right? It was like, kind of like, you know, the way like the office would be set up or something like that. Um, and it's really interesting where the show started and where the show finished. So again, the way I look at the show and what I'm mostly going to be talking about today is the first seven seasons. So season one through seven. And the reason why is because realist, like what actually happened 
is in 2008 when they reached their seventh season, the show was like, we're done. It's over. Like they called it quits. They did their thing. They had their, they had their fun in the sun. And I, I think it wasn't really commercially viable for them, but Mike Clattenburg, who was the director, who was like the major brains behind the operation. And one of the big reasons why, it had that really real feeling. He was the reason that he was the person who drove that. He left after the seventh season and the show was big. The show was popular. Like, I mean, I watched it. I loved it. And, but it wasn't, I don't think again, it was making the boys a lot of money. And that's, that's the weird thing. And I think cause it was only popular in Canada you know, sadly, you can't make a lot of money that way. I guess it was only on Showcase. I don't know how much money you actually, like, receive from Showcase for doing all that stuff. Um, but, you know, they did a Christmas special, and then they did a, like, extra little thing at the after Season 7 was finished. It was like... Uh, short film or like special TV special, not Christmas special, but it was like a uh, super episode kind of thing, which was phenomenal. Uh, tragically hip com- uh, cameos, just amazing. Actually, one of the, one of the early episodes, I, I believe I'm into the second season now, uh, but Elliot Page is in some of the episodes. Like again, just like distinct, distinct Canadian. And it always talks different things, you know, it has different, products and you know sometimes you can't even really tell what the product actually is but maybe you kind of can like that was one of the cool things that Clattenburg would do is he would like blur out something random in the scene and just make it look like oh they're not they're not supposed to be showing that and again that just like it kept you know everything was really rooted in reality which I think was the was the was the linchpin of the of the of the of the show that it was it was seemed it was meant to be believable even though things were were pretty ridiculous on when you when you take a step back you know you got to know these characters and what they did wasn't wasn't surprising to you but again you know the big themes and I, i'm i think it's i think i have a poster and there's like little symbols at the bottom kind of like almost like led zeppelin symbols and it's like a gun and like a pot leaf and like a, a glass of liquor and it's just like you know the show is like drinking, smoking dope, doing drugs, and it's like this is the, this is the show I watched during high school, right? Like you know it was up until th- two thousand eight, which is you know right right before I graduated, and or sorry season seven I should say because I think it picked up in like twenty twelve or twenty ten or something like that like it was several years after where they picked up and I think Netflix bought them and they continued doing seasons and. Like I said, I don't didn't want to get too far into that today, but you know, it's the show really changes. But again, those those first seven seasons where, you know, and the the way the way it kind of like shakes out and, you know, the first few seasons aren't really serial. Like they don't necessarily have an arc. They don't really like, you know, completely completely have a story from from front to back but you know I think one of the special things about the show is that with that with that format where you're kind of just like you know 
getting used to the characters and getting to know them a little bit more and watching them do just like crazy scenarios and not necessarily worrying about, you know, how things line up chronologically and things like that. You, you, you get to know these characters a little bit more. And again, I think as much as the show is rooted in reality, you, what you love is the personality of all these other characters because it has a great supporting cast, you know, one of the best, one of the best other actors, one of the best other characters played by Jonathan Torrens is J rock. He's hilarious. You know, he's a white guy that thinks he's black and he truly thinks he's black. Like that's the thing in the show. And you know, it's, he's hilarious. He's cool. He's funny. It's just like, Oh my God. J rock, is the is the man Sam Losco who is just a caveman of a guy and in the later seasons you know things kind of take take kind of like a weird turn turn with him but he like starts out as like a vet and like slowly because his he's like he's a little bit like the rickety cricket from it's always sunny in Philadelphia he's like the rickety cricket of trailer park boys where slowly through the course of the show he kind of degenerates into like a complete fucking caveman it's hilarious phil collins aka philadelphia collins he's the man r.i.p the the actor that actually played him um he was a whale of a man and absolutely hilarious in the show and just a great you know pin cushion to make fun of and poke at ray obviously ricky's dad um played by Barry Dunn, who I think is actually one of the producers of the show, but just absolutely hilarious character, you know, constantly trying to dip out the government and pretending being greasy. And again, just like a cool, there's that, there's the element of Ricky and his father and like the, and they're dealing with that. And he's trying to be, you know, a father to his daughter. Ricky's trying to be a father to his daughter, Trinity. And again, there's, there's that, there is that interesting, interesting dynamic. And of course, you have your you have Leahy and Randy, played by John Dunsworth and Pat Roach, and they're special. Like honestly, the they would tour around. I never really got a chance to like get to know them, or like meet them, or like go to any of the shows. But they would have these shows in London or everywhere where they would go and just like go to the bar, and you could go and meet Leahy and Randy. And I never really got there. I saw the live show. They did a live show, uh, the Trailer Park Boys, and um, I was I was really it was really interesting seeing seeing that. And you know, it's it's uh, what the hell is going on here? I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at my wonderfully documented notes here. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Um, like the trailer park boys did a live show like Ricky, Julian bubbles did a live show and Leahy and Randy would show up for that. So I got to see them like in person, um, on stage, which I thought was really interesting. And, uh, maybe I'll go into a little bit in a second, but, um, just Leahy and Randy became this absolute wild duo of like, they played essentially the villains on the show, but, John Dunsworth, RIP as well, um, is one of the best drunk actors of all time. Honestly, playing a drunk 
and like a believable drunk is absolutely wild. And actually, in one of the seasons, I believe it's in season six, five or no six, I believe, Leahy actually pretends to be drunk in the show. Like he's not drinking in the show. His character, you know, Jim Leahy, is not drinking in the show, and he goes on this whole scheme and pretends that he's drunk in the show. So he's, he's acting that he's pretending to be drunk in the show. He's acting whilst acting that he's drunk. And like, like he seems like he's legitimately wasted. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, it seems like he drank fucking mad bottles and was just un unreal. And I think that, I think that takes like pure skill to not make it seem like you're just like, oh, look at me. Woo, I'm drunk. Woo. Like he just was masterful at it. Honestly, maybe near the later seasons, he kind of had to push it to a limit that seemed a little extreme. But like in the first seven seasons, man, he was just absolutely amazing as, as a drunk lunatic trailer park supervisor. <laughs> Leahy, Jim Leahy and Randy Bobandi. Randy Bobandi obviously being Leahy's uh, trailer park super, uh, supervisor assistant. He's just a tub of a man and just a plug and just a great straight man to, to riff off of. And again, I think that was the cool thing about the show is that they really created these relationships with the characters that... Yeah, they ripped on Leahy and Randy, but like because they're all in the trailer park together, at the end of the day, they, you know, had a soft spot for each other or something like that. Even though that they were constantly at odds or doing shit, you know, that was trying to fucking one up or not even just like Leahy and Randy were trying to always get Ricky Bubbles and Julian sent to jail. So they're always just fighting and uh again, just a really interesting dynamic where they, they set up these other characters too, like Corey and Trevor, another great duo. Um, they're kind of like the sidekicks of the boys and they really, they're like kind of the piss ons. And at one point they like take off in the show and you know, there was probably some turmoil with the actors and things like that, but it's, a, it's just like layer, like super superficial in the sense that it's just like a bunch of fucking buffoonery people getting drunk and stuff but layered in the sense that there's these interpersonal relationships especially in like small town small community vibrations where you kind of get stuck with these certain people and you have to just kind of deal with them and you can't just tell them to fuck off but eventually you know in certain circumstances they move away they go away like Ricky was in one of the early episodes was like, fucking I'm moving to Toronto, man. Like I'm getting out of here. And I think that's funny because it's kind of like one of those things where some people do have to split their little town and get out of their environment or, you know, or the, the reverse of that too, where someone has left and come back. Then all of a sudden now they're the big fish in the little pond and Ooh, you were the big city boy and went away. And now you're coming back with all this and, you know, I think all that all that gets played and, and also Julian, I think, really, really represents that whole idea of like he's got bigger, bigger plans, bigger feelings. He feels bigger than the trailer park, but yet is so tied to it because he's steeped himself in the community community and is so important to the rest of the community that if he left, it would cause such a riff. Um, 
you know, Lucy and Sarah, of course, too, the whole relationship of Lucy and Ricky and their back and forth and their, their daughter Trinity. And it's just an, such a funny and classic take of just that yo-yo type relationship where, you know, they're constantly breaking up and getting back together and, you know, Ricky's Ricky's trying to bend over backwards just to get with Lucy, and at one point, you know, they're they're on the outs, and then all of a sudden she gets like she gets like breast implants, and then all of a sudden he's in love with her out of nowhere again. And again, the 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 whole show is like Julian, Ricky, and Bubbles are like constantly going back and forth to jail. So then Lucy's always like breaking up with Ricky when he is in jail, and then when he comes back, they get back together and. Again, I just, there's so many, yeah, it becomes tropes. And I think that's the thing why I love the fact that it that it was almost done at season seven. I think it really should have been done at season seven in the fact that they just got so much done in those seasons. Like season four, amazing arc. It's like probably my favorite season. It's I've said this before, season four's of many shows tend to be the best season. I don't know what it is. Honestly, I, I, I don't know if it's, you've got a few seasons under the belt already. And then maybe you've signed some extensions that you have two or three more seasons to burn before it's over. And and you feel comfortable and you feel like maybe you can take some more liberties or you've gotten to know the character. Like the writers have gotten to know the characters a little bit more. Um, cause I, I, I saw this really interesting clip with David Chase, the guy who who created The Sopranos, and he was talking about um, that the actors actually that play the characters start to tell you a little bit more. They got to, they get to know the characters themselves, and they start making choices or they start you know contributing ideas to what that character actually is going to become. So things start to change, right? So maybe some of that was happening. And again, the the boys were writing and creating the show, you know, as they were playing the actors and sorry, as they were playing the characters and doing all that stuff. So things evolved. But again, season four, amazing, great storyline, really iconic episodes in that one, Green Bastard, um, propane, propane, the whole, uh, dope fields and just Leahy on an absolute tear in that season. I think Rizub and Tizug is in that, is in that season too, where the boys create a Riz, uh, rub and tug. <sighs> just again, one of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite seasons has a great finale as well. Rita McNeil is involved and just fantastic season seven. Again, also a great season with, with an arc where, like I said, a lot of, a lot of the other seasons uh, apart from four tend to have like, not, they don't have like that serial aspect to it where it's not one after it's just kind of like, you know, one offs. And again, I think they really should have stopped there. I think Clattenburg, you know, knew that it was done and and felt that either he had, I think he felt like he had to do more, you know, move on to other projects. And it's a shame because I think what happened was, it, you know, it was, it was popular in Canada. You know, the, like I said, the live show was happening. It, you know, 
everyone loved it. Everyone knew about it. That was Canadian. But I think the problem was, is it didn't get down to the States. And that's unfortunately where you make all the money. So I think what happened was once it went off the air and then Netflix started coming around, I think Netflix got a hold of it. And then people started watching it and being like, wow, this show's amazing. We want more of it. And the boys were like, fuck it. Let's get together and, and rip. Like, let's, let's keep writing because why not? So I respect that. I think it's. I think it's. That's awesome. Um, good for them for securing the bag and also being able to continue to write and have fun with your friends and and do great. In you know, couple seasons I could take or leave. I think season eight and nine I wasn't a big fan of, but I think it was like ten or ten and eleven. There was a couple where it was phenomenal. Oh my god. One of the one of my favorite uh, scenes of the entire series, to be truthfully honest, happens I think in one of the later ep- later seasons. I should say, I think season eleven, no, nah, maybe season ten, where Ricky just absolutely goes to town on this bathroom because he gets frustrated and is trying to fucking do a renovation and ends up destroying this bathroom. It's hilarious. Anyway, it's tough. But again, I respect it, and it's a show that is is essentially Canadian. It's infinitely quotable. There's so many great lines. Like people, I think people try to do the bubbles impression a little bit too much, and you know, there's certain there's words here and there that you can get away with. I think people try and go a little bit too hard on on uh, facial expressions and things like that. But you know, again, it's just it's things where especially with my friends, like me and my friends have all watched that show a million times. And, you know, we, we just know, you know, there, there's certain things that, that we know, um, relate, relate back to the show. And a lot of it's J rock, like Noam Sands, what are you doing? Noam census. Like that's one of the great, greatest lines where J rock says, Noam saying way too much. And his buddy T was like, yo, man, you're saying, you're saying, no, I'm saying too many times. And then J-Rock says, what do you, what do you count my no, I'm saying for you doing a gnome census? You know, um, Ricky has this tendency of, they call them Rickyisms. And, you know, he says sayings that don't really make any sense or like they're not actually the right sayings. Like it's, it's basically peach and cake instead of a piece of cake. You know, it's water under a fridge. Um, There's, I wish I, oh, you know what? I'm going to look up a few because they're just phenomenal. And again, they're, they're these things that it sounded like Rob Wells, the guy who plays Ricky started kind of like, um, started like doing, but it's, it slowly kind of became a, 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 like a bit, which is so phenomenal. Um, here's one. Americans for Americans. Tr- tremendous. Uh, Bagminton. I love saying that one instead of bad, int- instead of badminton. He says Bagminton. Be suave instead of be salve. Um, little bottle of joy instead of little bundle of joy. Uh, Oh my God! There's just like deerts instead of deer. That's a that's a great one. Um, 
friends with Benedicts instead of friends with benefits. Flames were golfing. Golfing up the roof, golfing up the walls instead of engulfed with flames. Like, bro, the guy was off his fucking rocker, man. Like, home trees instead of home free. Oh, it's so good. Fucking insurance instead of insurance. This is a very uh, extensive list. My goodness. But again, these are the things that are infinitely quotable. And again, I'm talking essential Canadiana. Like guys making craft dinner, eating fucking fried bologna sandwiches. Um, just the the accents are amazing. Everything. And it's just such a show that's so near and dear to my heart. And, you know, as much as I love them and, you know, it's tough. They even, I think they got to the point where they started making a cartoon of the show. And it's like, boys, I love you. But I think it's one of those things where it's an exercise in... Quitting while you're ahead. And that's a tough one. That's a really tough thing. It's a really tough idea, right? Like, I don't blame them. I understand the position that they're in where all of a sudden they got popular and they had to take advantage of it. I totally understand that and I respect that. And I hope they I hope they made that money. I really do. Um, but the problem that I have with it is that there is a tipping point where you either, you know, it's that, it's that classic Dark Knight quote, right? You know, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And you either die on top, you go out being the best show, or you live, live long enough to see yourself slowly fade away. You know, Seinfeld did it. Um, you know, I guess... Who else would be a really good like I I, I want to say some there's some bands that happened to unfortunately but it was more due to like deaths in the band like Zeppelin or like Nirvana um but you know maybe even I, I I guess not necessarily Breaking Bad but Breaking Bad in the sense that they didn't keep pulling it out and dragging it out and getting to a point where it fucking sucks but again Seinfeld is always the fucking pinnacle. It's always the big, um, the the biggest kind of example of just being like, this is it. Sopranos, in a sense, maybe, just because the way it ended, people were kind of like, what the fuck? But again, that whole idea that you just got to be like, I don't care that we're the top notch. I want to go out now and I'll always will always be remembered for being the fucking best. There's no there's no way you can say, "Oh, they started slowly falling off." The only, what like you can speculate and you can speculate that it could have even got better. But the idea that is you've you've completely ended it. It's done. What exists now is it exists and it's out there in the universe. And I think that is essentially what makes some things beautiful. Um, I think the, the idea that you can kind of put, you know, maybe you can put a cherry on, I don't know about a cherry, but you can put an idea on something where it's like, that's, what we did, we did our best, 
we put it out there, we completely, we've completed the story. And I think that tight package that everyone can receive, I think is, is, is so important and it's hard to do because it gets to that point where you have to then make a decision to walk away from something that's doing really well. So it's tough and I respect it and I love the show and it's still so near and dear to my heart. I love the show. I always watch it when it's on and I'm really excited to continue this rewatch of it. But who knows what it, how it would, how would it would exist now if it was just those fucking perfect first seven seasons? Oh, amazing! Anyway, check the show out if you've never seen it. Thank you so much for watching. I love all y'all. Um, rate the podcast, follow along. Um, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Reach out to us on our DMs at the Big Mark Podcast, at the Big Mark Pod, uh, at the Big Mark Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to donate to the pod, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheBigMarkPod. And again, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. I do it for all y'all. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Peace. Zip. Peace.